American soccer fans, welcome to episode 44 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, co-manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. Happy weekend. We have an Olympic qualifying roster. Yesterday, Jason Christ announced his 20-man roster of U23 players that will be competing for a chance to send the United States to Tokyo for this summer's Olympics. If the U.S. qualifies, it will be in its first Olympics in men's football since 2008, and it will be with these 20 guys if they are able to do it. So let's jump right into the roster. We start with the goalkeepers. Three of them are on this roster. You have to carry three on the 20-man roster. They are Matt Fries, JT Marcinkowski, and David Ochoa. For defenders, we have Julian Araujo, Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, Henry Kessler, Mauricio Pineda, and Sam Vines. For the midfielders, we have Johnny Cardoso, Hassani Dotson, Ulysses Yanez, Jordi Mihaljevic, Andres Perea, Sebastian Salcedo, and Jackson Ewell. And for your forwards, Jesus Ferreira, Jonathan Lewis, Benji Michelle, and Sebastian Soto. So, just some quick notes about the roster. This roster features 11 players from Major League Soccer clubs, with Real Salt Lake having the most on the team. Three of them. The Colorado Rapids, Orlando City, and the San Jose Earthquakes each have two players on this roster as well. Ten players have experience at a Youth World Cup. That is a lot of experience from Youth World Cups and and couple that with players that have featured for the national team, again, 11 of those, that is a lot of experience for this team. Four of these players compete in countries outside of MLS. So that's Johnny Cardoso, Sebastian Soto, Sebastian Salcedo, and Uli Yanez. 12 players that are on this roster, 12 of the 20, were also named to the U.S. roster last year for the originally scheduled Olympic qualifying tournament. So there's a couple of guys that notably have moved on to Europe, namely Brendan Aronson and some guys that weren't able to be called up, but 12 out of 20 were on both rosters. That's a pretty good continuity from Jason Christ. 10 MLS homegrown players are on this roster for Sebastian Salcedo, who again plays in Mexico. He started his career as a homegrown player with Real Salt Lake. So he is factored in to that number. And Jordi Mihaljevic is the guy that has the most experience at this age level. Five U23 caps for him. He captained the squad in the last three matches that this team has had. Again, you got to go back to last year and even 2019 before uh, you have that. But Jordi Mihaljevic is the most experienced U23 level player on this team. JT Marcinkowski has appeared in all nine training camps for the U23s during this cycle, including the team's joint 2019 camp with the senior team back that was back in June of 2019. So JT Marcinkowski, some of you may have only heard of him over the last year or so, but he has featured in every single training camp during this cycle for the U23s. That is a lot of continuity as well, and you have to factor him in as the likely starter for this team. And finally, there are four players that were born in 2001, and they are age-eligible not just for this Olympics, for the but also for the 2024 Olympics. So you may even have some of these players carry over and be the real leaders of the next cycle of players that will aim to be in Paris in 2024. So there is your roster. When we come back, we will break down the roster a little bit more 
and discuss some of the players that we could see on the field. But first, we will pause for a break. Okay, we are back. We are talking U23 Olympic qualifying roster, and we've already listed the 20 guys who will be competing for the United States in this tournament starting next week. I want to go through the different groups one by one just to break down a little bit more. So let's start with the goalkeepers. Again, Matt Fries, JT Marcinkowski, and David Ochoa. From this group, you have to think that JT Marcinkowski is the likely starter. As I mentioned, he's the one that has appeared in all of the training camps for the U23s. He has emerged as the front runner to be a borderline player for the national team. I mean, he is in competition with Matt Freeze and others for that third spot of the goalkeepers for the men's national team, for the senior team. So it appears very likely that he will be the starter for the goalkeepers. But Matt Freeze, David Ochoa, also uh, great selections. Ochoa has featured a lot for the U20s and the U23s as well. Moving on to defenders, Julian Araujo, Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, Henry Kessler, Mauricio Pineda, and Sam Vines. From this group, the question is going to be in the middle. Is it going to be a Justin Glad or a Henry Kessler, Mauricio Pineda maybe? On the ends, Julian Araujo is a guy that you think will factor in to be a starter. Sam Vines on the other side, both of them have national team experience either at the youth level or the national team level. Sam Vines of this group has the most experience on the senior national team level. You have to imagine that he that you're going to ink him in at left back because he is borderline one of the candidates to be the backup left back for the senior national team. But when it comes to Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, Henry Kessler, and Mauricio Pineda, which one of those guys are going to start in the middle? My guess, guess is going to be Glad in Pineda. But Herrera can also double in the middle. He can also double on the wing. Henry Kessler can do the same. It'll be interesting to see where Jason Christ goes with that because he only brought six defenders. Again, with a 20-man roster, you can't bring a lot of backups. So you have to have guys that are versatile. That could be Herrera. That could be Kessler. That could be Pineda. We'll see where he goes with regards to the starters and which of these players you would think would be eligible to be coming off of the bench. At midfield, Johnny Cardoso, Hassani Dotson, Uli Yanez, Jordi Mihaljevic, Andres Pereira, Sebastian Salcedo, and Jackson Ewell. This is going to be very interesting uh, because two guys that were listed in this group, I'm going to start with them, and that's Salcedo and Yanez. Both of them were initially listed as forwards when the preliminary roster came out. But when this roster was named, they were named as midfielders. And in the press conference, Yesterday, when Jason Kreis was available for the media, I asked him why Salcedo and Yanez were listed as forwards initially and now as midfielders, and what does that mean to where they fit in the team. He refused to answer the question. He said he wouldn't answer about those two specific players for a specific reason, but he declined to add anything more than that. And that's pretty interesting. I thought it was an interesting response to my question because I think people should realize, hey, you know, what is the deal with only bringing four forwards? Why is it that you know Salcedo and Lian- 
why is it that Salcedo and Yanez, who started out as forwards in this camp, are now listed as midfielders? What has changed? What are you seeing from them that would make you believe that they're going to be fitting in more with this team in the midfield than up front? All of this we will figure out as this tournament begins. But I thought that was interesting to note that those two were listed with the midfielders. Johnny Cardoso, brilliant talent. I think he's going to be in contention to start Hassani Dotson as well. Hassani Dotson, by the way, has factored into a lot of U23 camps recently, uh, going all the way back to 2019. So I, I, I was not surprised to see him on this roster. I'm not going to be surprised to see him get the start. Jackson Ewell, obviously, he may have the most experience of anybody on this roster when it comes to the national team. You've heard his name on the senior national team so many times. and is going to be someone where I think that he likely gets the start. It's a question of whether Cardoso and Dotson line up next to him. And then on the wings and an attacking midfield, do you see a Yanez, a Salcedo, or a Perea? Let's see what happens with that. But this midfield core is very, very interesting. And I think that you can see a lot of different combinations coming out of this group. And finally, the forwards. Jesus Ferreira, Jonathan Lewis, Benji Michel, and Sebastian Soto. Now, I want to start with the nines because we've heard a lot about them. We've heard a lot about the guys that are in camp. Guys, namely Jeremy Abobase, who did not make the camp. But you have Ferreira and you have Benji Michel probably as the nine. Sebastian Soto can play the nine. We've seen him do that for the national team most recently in November uh, and December. He can also play out in the wing. So I think that versatility is very, very welcome for this team. When you have only 20 players, you need to have guys that are versatile, can play more than one position, so you can have more than one combination. And then Jonathan Lewis can play in either wing. So Jesus Ferreira, who is a kind of a false nine, he can retract into the midfield. Benjamin Michel, he can play more as a, a front nine. So you have those two guys available, but the versatility of how they operate is what gives this team kind of a unique look. And I want to see how they line up for that first game because that'll tell a lot about what style of play they're going to have with a lot of these parts being so versatile and different combinations that can be used this next week's going to be crucial to see where those combinations really fit in to make this group go as best as possible and as fast as possible because these u23s are under some pressure we're giving it to them they're placing it upon themselves they want to make the olympics we haven't seen an Olympic men's football team since 2008. And speaking with Asani Dotson earlier this week during his media availability, he said the team is embracing that pressure. And they're going to need to because they have three games to get out of the group. I'll remind you of those games. March 18th against Costa Rica, March 21st against the Dominican Republic, and then the big one, the final match day for the group, March 24th against Mexico. Mind you, they just opened up capacity in the stadium to 25% of fans. It'll be interesting to see if any Americans make the trip now that it's only we're only six days away from the first match. It's clear that they wanted to make sure that Mexican fans were in the, in the stadium and not a lot of Americans. We will see how that affects the team because clearly the team will need our support if they want to get through this group and get to the Olympics. Because if they can get out of the group, they have to place in the top two. It's off to the semifinals. That is the major game. If they win the semifinals, they're Tokyo bound. Let's hope they can do it. But for now, that will do it for episode 44 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate five stars, and drop a nice review. And please tell your friends about it. We really appreciate it. We hope all of you enjoy the weekend, and we will check you out this week. Some big matches coming up. Stay tuned to Stars and Stripes SC for all the action. Take care, y'all.